0: this is the ep growth podcast from hunter rehabilitation and health we are here to grow the exercise physiology profession through supporting the professional and personal growth of young eps in the
1: industry hello
0: and welcome back to another episode of the ep growth podcast i'm your host ryan mccarthy the director at hunter rehab and health and joined by a very special guest today, exercise physiologist at Hunter Rehab, Kelsey Moss. How you going, Kels?
1: Good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, doing very well. Doing very well. How's, uh, how's the week been for you?
1: Yeah, busy. Um, just seeing the regular clients and always having a smile on my face and enjoying each day like always. Um, but yeah, got some great results over the last couple of weeks with some clients uh, hitting some goals. So yeah, it's been really exciting
0: awesome can't wait to yeah chat a bit more about that and unpack that before we get into today's episode just wanted to give another quick plug to our ep growth mentoring program it is uh getting very very popular at the moment i've got lots of emails so apologies if i haven't replied for a little while but i'm getting back to all those emails and uh if you've got any questions about it jump on at the website epgrowthpodcast.com and you can learn more about the mentoring program there but it is expert mentoring from our team here who are high-level clinicians. It's the type of mentoring and skills you learn uh, once in a lifetime. You don't learn these things at university. So these are extremely valuable and I highly recommend anyone who's keen for mentoring to check it out. But let's dive straight into today's episode. Another case study. We've had uh, some great outcomes and some great responses from our previous case studies. So we thought, why not get uh, another amazing EP on to tell their story and and provide some value to the the listeners out there. So uh, let's dive straight into it, Kels. Tell us a little bit of a backstory in terms of how it all came about to, to be an EP originally.
1: It actually was a little bit of an accident. I um, never really had any ambition to go to uni really. It was always a bit daunting for me to think about being a uni student Um, whether that was because I was young for my year or not, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, I ended up just finishing school and I actually did event management, a diploma in event management at TAFE, um, wanting to be some sort of wedding planner. (laughs) Um, But I just, yeah, I found it really difficult to get a job in that industry. So I went to uni and I completed New Step, which I thought was a great bridging course and a great stepping stone to really um, get used to life as a uni student and what was expected in terms of how to write a proper uni leveled essay. Um, but I guess from a young age, I've always been involved in sport, playing netball, basketball. Um, and I knew that I just wanted a career that would encourage me to remain active, but also enable me to help others.
0: Yeah, excellent. And then that's where exercise science came about. Was there any other things on the radar at the end of New
1: Yeah. So I wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, But at the time everyone was telling me, oh, don't do that. You know, there's so many people doing it. And if you're doing your prac, you're going to have to go, you know, out whoop whoop out to Broken Hill to do your prac and be away from home for long periods of time. And my nan had just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia and I didn't really want to be away from home. So yeah, I just got on the um, Newcastle uni website and had a look at you know, all the courses they were offering and uh, yeah, exercise sports science popped up. And that was also something that if down the track I wanted to do teaching still, I could just go and do a diploma of education and still, yeah, get into teaching that way. But yeah, then I had a year off, um, worked a little bit just doing some support work uh, with NDIS participants and doing a little bit of uh, personal training for uh, NDIS clients and then got into the master's uh, through Charles Sturt and did that online.
0: Excellent. Awesome. So how many years outside of high school were you when you when you started the master's?
1: Uh, I completed my master's in 2018. So that would have been 2017. So yeah, 10 years, 10 years after finishing school, yeah. I was doing my master's degree.
0: Wow. Great. Um, yeah. Great little backstory there just to show that everyone's got time everyone has time everyone's yeah rushing and rushing and and they're a little bit worried um I quickly got to get into uni or don't want to have a gap here or don't want to experience other things I need to get this done but um would you say yeah there's there's plenty of time
1: absolutely like I was still able to complete a master's degree and a bachelor degree all within um you know under the age of 30. So yeah, still plenty of time. And even within all that, I still did a postgraduate certificate of business marketing just so that I could attend the university games to play basketball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Do whatever it takes to get in those uni games.
1: Yeah. Just add another 10 grand to the heck step.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, All right. Let's get into a little bit more specifics today. So obviously your caseload is more based around the NDIS, and that's what we want to chat a little bit more to add some value to the listeners out there today. So, just tell us a little bit more about your your current caseload, uh, the types of clients you see, types of pathologies, and and uh, yeah, why is it that you you've decided to sort of go down this avenue?
1: Yeah, so my passion has always been uh, working with NDIS participants. I think just because of how rewarding it can be. I mean, we see plenty of different clients come through our door here at Hunter Rehab. But, and and, you know, we're making amazing results with everybody that comes through the door. But I think um, just being able to provide another human with the um, skills to live a quality life. Um, I see a handful of people with uh, MS, so multiple sclerosis. I have stroke survivors, uh, acquired brain injuries, people living with psychosocial disability, um, also known as mental health, uh, and intellectual disability, so autism, ADHD, muscular dystrophy, um, and also cerebral palsy. Uh, I've actually got a deaf client as well, so that can become really interesting, um, working alongside interpreters and just learning different communication skills as well. But I think at the end of the day, I just find it so rewarding to see all of my clients just, whether it be a small change to their life, um, making changes. So, Mm. And it's not only beneficial to the client themselves, but their families.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So I guess... Some of the sounds of some of those pathologies and, and deaf clients and things like this, it sounds all a bit daunting. I guess what what challenges are there that you come up against with these with these clients and and I guess what type of things do you do to to overcome those those challenges? Cause um yeah, it's gonna be a little bit different to to a private paying client.
1: I think uh yeah, I mean, having some patience. Um making sure that you're always communicating with their support worker because at the end of the day, they're working closest to your client, um, throughout the week, whether they mm. have, you know, whether they've got a support worker that they work with daily or weekly or have overnight stays with, they're spending the most time with that client or a family member, um, just making sure that you understand, what triggers that person may have as well. So if they're coming into the uh, clinic and, you know, you're doing a session with them, if they're going to have behavioural issues, then how can you work around that? Or what can you do to avoid that occurring? Um, But always talking in a way that they are an equal, they are another human, they Mm. are no different, and that you treat everyone the same.
0: Yep. I love that. Yep. Absolutely great advice out there. So obviously we've got lots of students that come through our clinic uh, that are in their final year or or second or last year. What's common beliefs or attitudes towards the NDIS clients do you see from from new grads?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I think disabilities and NDIS-related information, it's not something that's commonly taught in detail at uni. I remember touching on neurological conditions and, um, you know, you just get a week or one one little slide on what Parkinson's disease was or what Alzheimer's dementia was, um, what it means to have a stroke, what kind of strokes you can have. Um, But I guess I have been fortunate enough to have been connected with um, people living with a disability for some time now. Going through primary school, we had a buddy system. My mum's a special ed teacher. Um, I have a stepsister with muscular dystrophy. And I guess, you know, being a support worker myself whilst I was studying also uh, helped me to understand different disabilities better. Um, So I think the lack of exposure to the NDIS world for new grads can be daunting. But I guess, um, yeah, if they're not overly confident, with using different or varied communication skills and how to best treat different types of disabilities, ask somebody, reach Mm. out to me if you want to, like, Mm. you know, I'll put my email address out there and you can ask me any questions. Um, But yeah, just trying to get around the NDIS sector in the world and understanding the ins and outs of what it means for an NDIS participant to have that type of funding, um, you know, what they're able to access and overall just being a support person for for those people. Um and just again, treating them like any other client.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, you hit the nail on the head there, which it makes perfect sense. I remember university, yeah, no touching on the NDIS system and very, very little on neurological conditions. I remember, yeah, just having to read the chapter in the in the textbook and trying to memorise, um, yeah, some exercise prescription there or some contraindications. And, yeah, I can see a lot of new grads coming out of of uni with um, very little experience. And the only way that we're going to learn is, yeah, by asking someone who's been there and done that before. Yeah, definitely. So I guess uh, how long have you been an EP now? Would it be four, three or four years?
1: This will be my fifth year.
0: Fifth year. Come fifth May. Year now. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. So, how have you grown? I guess as, as an EP, if you reflect on on your sort of first year to to now, you're treating in the clinic with these with these clients. I guess what what things have changed or, or progressed for you for the for the better?
1: Yeah, I guess like I, I have had a lot of growth, um, you know, personal life and and work life. Um, mm. I think anything outside work can also help you grow as a as a person as well. But um, I guess I just pride myself in the rapport and the relationships that I build with my clients. Um, and I I guess from that, they instill a lot of trust in you. Um, and I've just been able to build a lot of confidence. And with that confidence comes the ability to be able to explain and educate um, all of my clients around certain pathologies and speaking with other stakeholders too. I remember being so or feeling so um scared and just unsure about how to speak to other stakeholders regarding clients or having to go to a, a doctor's appointment with them for a case conference. Um but now I just see it as a as a way of communicating, keep everybody up to date. Um and it's no longer a daunting process. So I think in that sense, yeah, I've I've grown a lot in confidence and with confidence can come a lot of other things.
0: Mm, yeah, great point. Excellent. And I'm just mindful of time. We've got our last question for today. So I guess what advice would you give any new grads who are somewhat, yeah, they're interested in NDO space, they don't know too much about it. And um, they don't have this this confidence, uh, rightly so, because of what they've uh, or the lack of information they've got from university. So, what advice would you have for them?
1: Um, I'd use your CPD. I, there are some uh, courses out there that'll give you a bit more information than what you've touched on at uni. But at the end of the day, we're all humans with two he- two feet and a heartbeat. So, working with NDIS participants is so rewarding. Um, it keeps you engaged and motivated on a day-to-day basis. Anyone who thinks they may be interested, um, or does have a passion for working with NDIS participants, dive straight in, feel free to reach out. Um, like I said, can take my email address and reach out to me if you've got any questions. Um, but all in all, it's just so important to just remember to see every human as an equal, and to just not treat people living with a disability any different. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely great advice. And I think, uh, yeah, a lot of listeners have got a lot out of your advice there, Kel. So thank you very much for today's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And yeah, love to have you back on later uh, in the year, possibly for maybe part two.
1: Yeah, no worries. Sounds good. Thanks, Excellent. Ryan.
0: Excellent. Bye for now. See ya. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the EP Growth Podcast. I would be forever grateful if you left a review, subscribed to our channel, and also shared this podcast with any of your friends so we could ultimately grow this profession together. If you'd like any further information, please
1: check us out on hunterrehab.com.au. Bye for now.